0: Hello everybody, it is Rebecca here, the founder of Soul Cups, and we had such a successful campaign over the month of July for Plastic Free July in our Sustainable Speaker Series that we have decided to turn this Sustainable Speaker Series permanent. It is now becoming an official running episode where I get to interview thought leaders, brands and inspiring people in the space of sustainability and business and mindset and all of that wonderful stuff in between. So I'm super delighted for our first official episode of our Sustainable Speaker Series. I'll be joined by Heaven, the founder of Bodhi Restaurant. Amongst many other things, Heaven's going to inspire us today with a bit of a chat about culture and business and sustainability and plant-based food and obviously the hospitality industry and what that journey has been like for her so I will get her to join us into the chat so that she can do the talking instead of me <laughs> and run us through an amazing background and story so hopefully she pops on any second now, now. hey hi
1: Hello, so nice to see you. I wish we were in person. (laughs) I know, I'm like, yay, no technical difficulties. I'm super (laughs) impressed.
0: (laughs) Me too. Honestly, my Wi-Fi's been dropping in and out all day, so amazing. Um, Nice, nice to talk to you. Thank you for joining me. I I have a list of a million questions, but before... (laughs) Before we do that and before we bombard you, um, your restaurant is such an incredible, incredible business that you've created. So can, for those of you that maybe don't know you, the yeah. person, the wonderful person behind this business, can you give us a little bit of an intro? Um Especially about your your family history, it's so so interesting. So just give us a bit of that that background world, if if that's okay like, with you. I
1: think I think you know a little bit about family history and businesses and stuff like that. Oh my god! Before I start, <laughs> we'll say that I've actually met your brother. see he <laughs> has. Yes, through hospitality work and stuff like that. So you know. Anyway, I will dive in. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about we'll it. Talk later. About it a bit. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Bodhi restaurant basically uh, it's been around for about 33 years um, we started in 1988 so it's a multi-generational business my family were involved before me uh, now it's just me and uh, we had about seven venues across Sydney I guess so restaurants cafes homeware all of them within the plant-based space um, and then I kind of took over the reins around 2000 and um, and cut a lot of the other businesses off because I felt like I needed to just really focus on the flagship of what we did really, really well, which was restaurants and food. Um, So, yeah, so we've just been proudly feeding people plant-based food for donkey's (laughs) (laughs) years. But you've got, you've
0: like, let's talk about that rich family history because um, you know, it's, 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 it's beautiful and it's incredible that it is innately within you but it does start somewhere, right? Like what what is that story? Because for, for yeah. those that maybe don't know or understand what it means, can you dive into that a little bit deeper?
1: Yeah, I, look, I think it all started, uh, my grandfather had been in hospitality, uh, nothing to do with plant-based. And for my mum, she had what she would like to call her... Oprah Aha moment or her spiritual epiphany kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, she had a day. She was in the in Chinatown. We had offices in Chinatown. She was working in a completely different industry, and uh, she met a monk and they got talking. And he introduced her as to you vegetarianism, do. as you do. <laughs> she was looking for somewhere to eat. She walked into a restaurant she'd never seen before. It was a very small, tiny. Uh, vegetarian restaurant. I think it was the only one of its kind in Chinatown. And there was a monk there and they, they started chatting and and she was like, what's, what's vegetarianism? Like, I don't even know what that means. Um, And so he kind of explained the philosophy behind that. And I think for her, it was like this veil was lifted and she was like, oh my gosh, what I'm choosing to eat, what I'm choosing to sustain myself, is it necessary? Number one. And number two, does it cause suffering to anything else for my personal pleasure um different if it's for survival but in this case it's you know what you enjoy to eat and so she came home that that after, literally that afternoon and just threw everything out of the fridge it was all gone and I'm there 12 years old going <laughs> what is happening that's my school lunch yeah, <laughs> yeah so she yeah. You, literally yeah. she threw everything away and so that was a big adjustment for us to go um, from, you know, having meat around the house to having none, but yes. not so yeah. much for me. Cause I was never a big meat eater anyway, which luckily it was a much easier transition. Mm. Um, but that's kind of how we got started with the veganism and vegetarianism. And then from there, I guess when you do become vegetarian, especially in the eighties, there's nowhere to eat. There's nothing yeah. available for you to go out and have dinner with friends and, and all of that kind of stuff. So Being the sort of entrepreneurial mind that my mother has, she's like, I see a need. My mom is not a great cook. It will always surprise people to know (laughs) she's actually a really not the best cook in the world. (laughs) I need somebody who can cook with us and and, you know, somewhere for my family to eat and all of that sort of stuff. So she kind of put two and two together and uh, literally across the road from her office went, there's an empty space. I'm gonna open a restaurant in Chinatown. And that's kind of how we started.
0: I mean, incredible, because it, I think it, it's that mindset, it's that understanding, that holistic approach to everything that also leads and pays the way into the world of sustainability, right? Like, I know yeah. that you've got a little bit of history there um, in your younger years of being quite an activist, I know you did a lot oh around that world, <laughs> um, yes. which we can touch on and you, and you can enlighten us with a little bit, but it 's all intrinsically linked, and um, what I do want to talk about at some point is, oh, nice cup <laughs> is, I got my little coffee in my cheers, soul cup <laughs> um, is the hospitality industry. So mm. this world is deeply unsustainable. It's 100 so much waste, um, and as you know, obviously my family is involved in hospitality. Um, I grew up in the world of hospitality, so I, yeah. I, I've never owned a restaurant, but I understand it from yeah. the the back end, the the operational side, and um, like running a plant based, sustainable restaurant in Sydney, like that is a tough gig. So, yeah. talk about it. I want to. I want, you know, straight from the mouth, run us through the reality, because I think this is what people don't understand. It's like, it's not just talk. How long, it's do, you talk.
1: <laughs> All How long day. do you have?
0: I mean, it... As long as you want. Oh,
1: look, every business is tough, but I, yeah. I think, and, and maybe I'm a little biased here. I think hospitality is one of the hardest businesses to get involved so in and to be sustainable in long-term. Like there's not a lot of businesses that i know that are still around and trading from when we started up uh there's a small handful of us around um and there's a lot of big groups that kind of do end up taking over a lot of restaurants but it's an incredibly tough industry i think For us, we had difficulties in this business for multiple reasons, Um, and I'll run through just a couple of them. Number one, it's nonstop. I mean, as you probably know, you are up early. You are to bed late. Back in the old days, I used to do all of the fruit and veg shopping at Flemington Markets and so, you know, driving a van. So we were really, really hands on. Um, and then you'd have to go from, you know, four o'clock in the morning, you're at the markets and you'd run all the way through lunch, dinner service. You finish at about 11 o'clock at night and then you're back in at you know, 10, 8 o'clock the next morning to start That's service right. for the next day. And it's seven days and it just, it's, it's a brutal business. Um, I often get a lot of people who come to me and say, I want to open a bar a cafe, a restaurant. And there's something you're romantic. like, no. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's something very romantic and, and really the the statistics of restaurants that survive beyond five years is incredibly low. So it's a very tough business. And I always say to them, number one, if you don't have to do it, don't do it. Number two, it has to be super, it has to be your passion. Um, And then number three, be prepared to sacrifice almost everything, everything. Yeah. Family, special occasions, (laughs) the works, you're not going to attend, you're going to be working. It's your baby sort of thing. And everything else will take a back burner. So it's a tough business as a whole. Um, But there are ways to get around that if you're really that into it. Uh, and then I think the difficulty for me personally was a couple of different things. Um, mostly it was being young and female in a really male-dominated industry. That was, yeah. you know, without it's, a it's lot of... And it's still like that. It's 100%. still... We're
0: still living in that same situation. We yeah. can talk about that later. Yeah.
1: I know. And that's a whole nother... Yeah. Yeah. And, and particularly, I think there was a cultural element in that as well because... um Yeah. It's a very male-dominated culture. It, the Chinese culture can come across as very as yep. male-dominated, and particularly within the yamcha industry, that's pretty rough to get involved in. Um, mm. It's almost like dealing, you know, with the uh, with the mafia sometimes. So you know, pretty, <laughs> I was gonna pretty say pretty the same. All right, and yeah, every culture
0: has its thing, right? It doesn't matter yeah. where in the world, and and this is a particular one, and it's in hospitality, so it's a tough game. Yeah.
1: So you've got all of these sort of added layers of, of complexities around sort of having a business uh, sort of thing. But, you know, that's also a part of the excitement of what you do. So as much as it's rough and tough, there are definitely days when you feel fantastic about achieving what you achieve.
0: Absolutely. And run us through, I mean, the the whole thing, right? So running, running a restaurant in general is tough, right? Yeah. And with everything that's going on in the world in terms of obviously we've had a lot of lockdowns and COVID we've had Mm -hmm. this up and down element of you know pre-COVID war on waste where everybody's conscious and sustainable and doing like beautifully and then we have this downfall and this decline and this level of excuses and laziness and all of this like behavioral changes um Mm. what's what's What has it been like for you, for someone who's passionate about sustainability, passionate about obviously a holistic approach to hospitality, how have you coped with it? What are you doing to innovate? What's some advice you can give? Um, I think that's a
1: really big one
0: at at this time.
1: I think the thing that probably bummed me out the most was having to go back to a lot of disposable plastics and, and all of that kind of stuff within the restaurant from an eco standpoint. Um, And then, of course, there were a couple of things that we were looking at sort of um, getting involved in around Sydney City Council had a couple of initiatives that were running around sort of making businesses more eco-friendly and sustainable. And so we were looking at wanting to join some of those programs and all of that kind of got put on the back burner and your focus Unfortunately, you end up focusing on the survival of your business. And so sometimes some of these things just, just can't be front and centre because you're thinking about your team and your staff and, and what they need. Mm. Um, I think at this point in stage, the hospitality industry, it, it, as we all know, it's incredibly tough because it's this open, close, open, close. And, you know, a lot of people have tried to pivot to go to this takeaway model. Um I've talked to a couple of these businesses and some of them, it's been great for them because maybe they're in a suburban area and so people are working more from home. So takeaway from home is is not a bad thing. Um, Then there are a lot of other restaurants and we would probably fall into that second, but we're fine as a business, but it's not sustainable for us to open our doors at this point in stage for multiple reasons. Mm. Part of that has to do with Um, the cost of running a big ship like ours is quite high and um, you don't want to be operating at bigger losses than you already are operating. So you look for ways to kind of make sure you're operating at the least loss possible. Um, and, And then there's also the issue around you know, customers and, and staff that work for you. We have a, a bit of an older team that work for us in the kitchen and so forth. So we want to make sure that they're safe before they come back to work and whether Absolutely. they feel comfortable, have had vaccinations, if that's what they want to do. So, you know, there's all of those elements. But I think, um, I think it's, I know i probably drifted off your question, but um, but I think we'll those, are the sort of <laughs> yeah. those are the sort of things that we've been looking at Um whether we open, whether we close and so forth within the hospitality industry. So it is pretty tough for people out there, but do the maths, you know, really sit down and try and understand figures-wise, you know, whether it's better for you to continue trading at that loss or whether it's better for you to trade at a, at a much lower loss if your doors are closed. Mm-hmm. And watch out for sort of, um, you know, bigger platforms that do delivery services because they do take quite a lot off your um, yeah, yeah. off your sales sort of thing.
0: But from from a sustainability point of view, like let's talk about takeaway stuff, um, what products you use to actually serve in, like from quite a literal perspective. Like, for example, um when this all happened and, and COVID sort of hit, there was this overwhelming thought that reusable takeaway cups should be banned or that they are banned. But actually, if you look at law, legally, there's no law stating anywhere in this country that it's illegal to serve or, like, you know, to use reusable takeaway cups, Um, which is quite an interesting debate. I've spoken to so many hospitality owners, and basically they Either use it as an excuse or they use it as an opportunity to innovate. So I've got a friend of mine who owns a wonderful cafe down the road and they did a um, like a non uh, contact solution where you pop the reusable cup on the counter, they free pour it in, and like no hands involved. Nobody's yeah. touched anything. Amazing, problem solved, no throwaway, single-use takeaway cups are used, happy days. Um, So what's your sort of standpoint in that aspect of sustainability, like with takeaway containers or packaging or reusable cups, like how do you feel about what's going on right now? And what do you do personally in Bodhi to actually be sustainable and also in your personal life, if you can sort of run us through a little bit of your background?
1: So uh, it's a bit tricky because Bodhi currently is not trading. Of course. Yeah, yeah. you know, we've had to fall back to when we were doing takeaway for a period of time or when we even reopen again, there will be a small version of that. Um, we've definitely tried to choose much more sustainable products. So we've, we're heavily relying on cardboards at this point in stage. Yeah, um, yeah. There's little things we've also done is the, a lot of our dishes, we won't do takeaway, if, especially if it's liquid form and we can't um, have the kind of containers that will actually survive for people to take home. So maybe our takeaway options have changed. Um, In regards to what you were saying about the coffee cups, I think that's a brilliant idea for people to bring their own. We have customers that like to come to us and bring their own containers. um, And so we'll just plate it straight up into their containers for them. Um, And we love that. You know, we we highly, highly encourage if you can bring, please bring, because we're happy to serve it in there. I don't think Mm. there's anything wrong with it. I don't think we should be stopped from being able to um, do things like that. There is too much pollution being created at this point in stage, particularly with COVID in mind, with disposable masks. You know, a lot of our staff, we purchased them all, um, cloth masks, so they could keep their own masks and, you know, they're all color matching and it looks good with the uniform <laughs> and they've come to work, beautiful and safe and so forth. A couple of them have, have used um, other masks just because they're more comfortable. But, you know, there's little things like that that we will try our best to um, to make those little changes. Pre-COVID, um, we had started looking at reducing plastic waste in the restaurant. So we speak to our suppliers about please make sure when you're delivering fresh fruit and produce that it's delivered in cardboard boxes. It's not you know, wrapped up and so forth because I'm, I'm not going to be getting rid of the waste. And we will switch suppliers. We will happily put spend our dollars on suppliers that are willing to kind of meet our needs. Just um, very
0: quickly on that yeah. point like what I want to emphasize before you move on is the fact that you have the conversation. This is what Mm. I want people, what I want to bring awareness to it's, it's not just talking to yourself. It's going, okay, let's talk to our suppliers. Let's have those conversations because it's through that conversation that change is possible. And exactly like you said, vote with your dollar. They say no. Awesome. I'll go to a different supplier that'll say yes to me.
1: That's where the impact happens. Yeah. Like people have to remember businesses it's our DNA to make money and to make as much money as possible and lower our costs as much as possible. You know, every company on the planet is pretty much made of that same sort of DNA. (laughs) So your money, your vote, what you decide to do, how you decide to spend your money is incredibly important. And it's so often we go, Oh, but it's just one, you know what I mean? Like what I do doesn't really make a difference, but we know that when people come together and there starts to, you know, be this sort of mass purchasing of things. I'm going to just, I'm trying to think of a good example. Almond milk was not a thing a few years ago. (laughs) It's now huge. You know, things like that. Literally. It literally is, is, is huge. So we do change the way businesses will operate even that vegan space that we're currently in i mean who would have thought that all of these big chains would be introducing sort of vegan food you know a few years ago but they are because they can see there's an interest from the consumer and it sells and it's doing well and the more you spend your money on these things um i'm going to break into this sort of little side note somebody asked me recently is it okay to purchase non-vegan Uh, sorry vegan products from a non-vegan company like a Prada or a Gucci or whatever and I always say do it you know because that actually teaches these companies that there is space for this product and they will then develop and produce more of these products and eventually over time we hope to see that trend lower for vegan products and the same goes with plastic and waste and so forth vote with your dollars it really makes a huge difference.
0: I couldn't say it better myself. I mean, if, if you watch back any of the interviews that I've done in the last six weeks, this is the same conversation we keep having. Vote yeah. with your dollar, vote with your dollar. One thing from one person every day makes a huge impact and start within your community. It's, this, yeah. it's that simple context of like, you have a local coffee shop, go annoy them every day until they do what you want yeah. <laughs> and tell your friends to do the same and tell your friends parents and your family members and your partner and your brother and your sister whoever it it you have to act first within your immediate community and make small changes around that circle and then it exponentially grows because you, you show people confidence and energy and passion and that's contagious in itself so It all starts with one little conversation one question one movement one swap one change like it's all one thing um Mm. very quickly before we move on somebody's just asked what do we do in lockdown so because they can't use their cups because they're in melbourne my answer to that is make your coffee at home (laughs) (laughs) don't get a takeaway no no cup no coffee yeah that's that's (laughs) my rule but um (laughs) tell Tell me more, tell me more about you. Tell me a little bit about your history on sustainability what What journey have you been on in your personal life to get to where you are now and and why are you passionate about being environmentally friendly what's the story
1: okay. It started small, I guess having a restaurant of our size, you do get to see that impact of how much is wasted, whether yeah. it was from offcuts from food, you know customer wastage plastics just excess sort of packaging that just wasn't necessary I mean it, the, the amount of stuff restaurants go through and throw away is incredible so it kind of started there because I think at home maybe you don't notice it as much you know you've got a small bin you kind of put it in the bin that's it you're done um so it started at the restaurant and then that kind of leaked into sort of okay what about home what am I doing at home that's working and that's not working yeah and for me it's always going to start with that food space so can we grow our own food produce um, I bought a little veggie pod in my veggie pod I grow my own herbs they're fresh I don't have to get those little disposable you know herb pots from the supermarkets anymore yeah. it's always there so little things like that my kids get involved they love it Changing all my products out within my kitchen was a big thing as well. So moving from plastics to silicon to stainless steel to glass, like I literally just went through almost the lot, told everybody, if you want this stuff, it's all good, take it. I'm not going to be buying any more of it. It's like, you know, on shared it to somebody else, and then purchased all new products that replaced everything, and that was really satisfying as well. Um, and then recently, I've kind of been working on that sort of chemical aspect. How do I reduce chemical, you know, usage yeah, in my yeah. home, and the to containers that chemicals come in? I mean, there are so many containers. So, trying to reduce that. Um, and then what else have we started looking at? And now it's starting to spread. In. It's infectious. Once you start with it something, it, <laughs> it spreads is. into the rest of your life. So for me now, I'm looking at the clothing that I buy. You know, can we? can I have a capsule collection? Do I need to have the next thing that's on trend? Can I just have a beautiful classic wardrobe that's going to work year in, year out? Those sort of things. What am I buying from my kids? The clothes I buy. My gosh, the amount of stuff my kids have and get <laughs> is incredible. How do I reduce that and how do I get them to start being more appreciative um, of the things that they do have? Yeah as well that's yeah, been a big yeah. sort of lesson that they're learning at this point in stage particularly as I reduce um, their awareness and appreciation is increasing which I thought was a really nice um, mm. it's a beautiful
0: yeah. beautiful synergy there when you've got young children to educate because yeah. as we know when we educate we learn tenfold right like the more 100%. you have to share the more you have to give the more you gain and I think that's such a wonderful experience to go through with the children because everything you show them, you actually have to then set the example and you actually have to do it. So that's a great way to hold yourself accountable is do it with your family, do it with your kids, do it with your partner, with your friends, some someone to to connect with and share with. I think that's
1: so important. And I yeah. think the first time you hear one of your kids turn around and say to you, mum, do we really need to have that? Or I don't know if that's really, you know, environmentally friendly. And yeah. Did my five-year-old just check me? Like, okay, all right. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, okay, I'm, amazing. I'm, I'm, you know, bringing up some good little human beings there. So that that's always a really nice sort of thing to get that feedback from your kids. And that then also spreads, you know, like you said, within your own community, other mums that your kids go to school with, school counsellors, you know, people through social media, customers at the restaurant. I mean, it's infectious. When you are excited and you love what you're doing, you'll see that that, um, that joy and infectiousness spreads.
0: Yeah, it transcends, you know, that's the whole yeah. point. And, and it, I keep saying this, it's it's a conversation, it's a chat, yeah. it's a coffee, it's a it's little moments in your life where you can create positive impact and that's the entire goal. And, you know, as business owners, we are responsible. That is Mm -hmm. our civil duty as business owners, as producers of things to basically create a platform for education to, you know, if, if we're blessed with this opportunity to have an audience, we have people who purchase from us, who come to us, who connect to us and we have an audience to speak to, it is our responsibility to be sharing something beneficial, something of benefit and influence in a positive way. So um, that's kind of why I really wanted to chat to you because hospitality is, it's so wasteful. It it is, It—it its disturbingly wasteful and just like you i have an exposure to it that most people maybe don't which is Mm. the back back end um where you see operationally how things are purchased and processed and so much food waste happens on a daily basis and it's just normal for them it's about you know how can we change the game and i think that's what you're doing you're setting a standard in that industry
1: i don't think a lot of restaurants think it through sort of thing yeah. and I am seeing a little bit of change though interestingly I mean recently we started working on zero waste dishes and zero waste cocktails and and stuff nice. to add to our just to experiment with how do we take a food produce um, and use it you know from end to end without any wastage um, and then plate that or put that into a cocktail glass for people to enjoy so that's been a really fun process to go through I am starting to see other restaurants um, or bars pick up on that sort of thing. I'm hoping this is the beginning of a wave. So, and the more people go out and purchase um, from businesses like that. I think it is. Yeah. No, exactly. And I think, you know, the other thing as well, I think it doesn't hurt when you are changing your home over to become a more eco-friendly home and, and so forth, make it look beautiful. Like pick out really nice things, get things like your soul cups, you know, all of that sort of stuff you've made your products look really gorgeous. And I think that inspires people. You see that you go, Oh, I like that. I could use that. That looks really fantastic. (laughs) You know what I mean? So yeah, I think it's really important to sort of make it look beautiful and enjoy what you're doing and minimize. We don't need as much stuff as we think we do.
0: Exactly. And I mean, I'm like the world's biggest minimalist, if you can be a big minimalist. Um, I really hate stuff. I hate things. I I, really like super simple. Yeah, it's quite funny, especially with clothes. Like I'll wear the same thing. I'm like Steve Jobs. I have a uniform, She's like the same (laughs) outfit every day. Don't care. Can't ever think it. Um, because it's too much fluff. Like we just don't need all of that in our life. And and exactly like you said, like when we produ- w- when I designed and produce Soul Cups, the concept is for those people out there that don't care about sustainability, here's something beautiful. Yeah. And for those people that do care about sustainability, this is something of really high quality, and you'll appreciate it deeply. Exactly. And it's a, yeah, and it's the same thing with your restaurants and with your right. ethos. It's like you've provided something exceptional it's a solution it's holistic it's sustainable it's plant-based it's doing something amazing it's setting a standard and for those people that don't understand it they'll just go and have an amazing meal yeah.
1: and yeah, for I'm those sure. people that
0: do they will you know they're they're your tribe they're the ones that preach and and I think it's it's wonderful what you're doing
1: It's definitely something that we very purposely went out to do similar to what you've done, which was we wanted to make plant-based food accessible um, and enjoyable and tasty and not feel like, oh, I'm having a vegan meal necessarily, or I'm missing out on something. And we always knew that if we could win over everybody else that wasn't in the hardcore vegetarian vegan camp, that, you know, we were in the, we were heading in the right direction. And I think that's really shown in the demographic of customers. Like when we first started, I would probably say we had about 75% vegetarian vegans. um, Yeah. And they would drag the occasional friend who would come screaming (laughs) like, Oh, do I have to eat um, vegan food? And now it's so different. It's, I mean, 50 50 sometimes even 60 percent non-vegetarians and vegans and the reasons people are coming now is starting to change before it used to be only about the animals and now it's more about animals as well as the environmental impact you know we've got people that come in I had this wonderful gentleman that came in I met him and he would come in on a Monday at lunchtime and we got chatting one day and he was like this is my meal that I'm starting with because I'm wanting to be a little bit more sustainable about the food that I eat. I mean, he wasn't interested in vegetarian. It was a hundred percent for environmental reasons. So in that way, you know, we're seeing that impact now as well. So yeah, it's been nice to see people coming to us Mm. from different reasons.
0: It's very special. I think exactly like you said, it's becoming more and more evident that this is normalized. People, people are thinking that's the point. We're a highly educated in a a highly educated time, Mm -hmm. people are equipped with every kind of piece of information possible. So we are making more conscious consumer decisions. And Mm -hmm. that's the goal here. The more conscious decisions people make, that vote with that dollar creates an impact. And the more businesses and operators like yourself that exist, that produce things that are wonderful and ethical and sustainable, the more choice those conscious consumers have. So it's, it's a supply and demand aspect, right? We need more people like you and we need more people making better
1: decisions. Yeah. Ask questions. That's that's the goal. (laughs) Yeah, I think it is. I think people have to really be um, inquisitive and ask questions. A lot of us have been told that this is the way we do things because this is how we've always done things or it's been advertised and marketed to us in that way. We know, you know, you, you can't survive without cow's milk. That's not necessarily true. <laughs> you can survive without it. Um, it's a choice Definitely. sort of thing. So things That's like right. that, you know. Um So I think we've been sold a lot as consumers uh, about how we should be doing things. It's been like that for generations. Just because it's been done like that for generations doesn't mean it's always right. Otherwise, we'd be still stuck with women unable to vote sort of thing. Um, So it's okay to evolve (laughs) and change. Um, Compassion is not a bad thing to have in your repertoire. Um, So yeah, so ask those questions. Why do I feel like this has always been like this? Does it have to always be like this? Can I do something differently? And if i can what can i do differently and how was it done before was it done sustainably how are things farmed how are things made who are the people that make them these are all of the questions that you really have to ask yourself when you're buying products
0: i think that's spot on that's absolutely the point it's yeah. it's ask questions that's the best that that's the statement of the century
1: ask yeah. questions be ask curious questions. Mm. and you'll be amazed yeah. at what you'll find like i I mean, even today, still after being plant-based for so many years, I still find products, whether it's in my pantry or, you know, maybe it's a nail polish I bought or whatever. And I'm like, really, it's made of this? I didn't even realize that's an animal product or animal byproduct, or it's produced in, you know, an an unenvironmental sort of manner. So those those sort of things will always creep in and crop up. So just always ask those questions and always look into things um, and try and find out how it's made. Exactly
0: exactly like in a world where there is mass production like it's, a, it's as simple as that there is so much stuff in the world there's so much material being used every single day on a mm. global level you have to presume that 90 percent of the general stuff is full of crap to say it nicely yeah. <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> like it, it it is what it is and we as consumers have the ability to make change by voting with the dollar so read the ingredients, ask questions, be curious, shop local, shop sustainably, attend restaurants and hospitality, you know, that is, uh, that are doing the right thing and ask those owners questions and be educated. And you know, that, that's the way forward. That, that's basically where it needs to go.
1: We love it when people ask us questions, you know, um, I'm giving you a good, a good example of that, actually, because I think this is yeah, what's uh, a the weirdest people question? What's like,
0: What's the but best question or the weirdest question you've it ever wasn't asked? not
1: weird, but it's an example of how it triggers a thought process for businesses like ours. So yeah. we have, you know, a dish that has glad wrap over it. Um, it's always been served that way. It has to be served that way. It's food safe. It dries out. If you don't cover it in glad wrap, it's like a rice paper wrap. Um, and we would send it around the tables. The girls have to walk around, so you don't want flies, insects, anything landing on it. All of that sort of stuff, right? And we had a, a couple of customers. It came up not, it came up once first, and I sort of went, oh yeah, okay. Didn't really think much about it. But second or third time, somebody said to me, do you have to use Glad Wrap on that? Kind of got me thinking. Well, do I do I have to use Glad Wrap? And so I think we sent one of our managers on this sort of hunt for the right product to put over it, yeah. basically. And he spent weeks trying to find something and ended up finding a um, a type of Glad Wrap made from I think it was from corn or something. I mean, it cost us a fortune to do. <laughs> um, but, we, but you yeah. know we were happy to swap it out. It. Um, basically, so. Ask businesses questions. Have you thought of, do you, you know, is this done this way for a reason? Or, you know, I've even had customers who've come up and said, what do you use? Like, what paint things are you using on the table for the timbers, the varnishes? Like, I've, I've got this eco friendly wow. We love those conversations. You know, get invested in our business. We're invested in you and doing well for you. So we encourage those kind of um, chats. From customers we will never be offended by it we're always interested to know what people think and what they say so it does show that people will change their businesses when they get positive good feedback it was done yeah. in a very lovely manner so there was never any criticism or aggressiveness about it it was just a simple you know do you need to use this product and have you thought about looking into any other products to change swap it out with and that just triggered a whole lot of change and now we've taken all plastic glad wraps out of the restaurant so You know, things like that are important to get from customers as well.
0: Yeah, what a phenomenal example. Like that was perfect because it aligns with what we've been saying the whole time, which is have a bloody conversation, (laughs) open your mouth and talk and ask questions and be curious because it's the same thing. I mentioned there's a cafe, a local cafe to me and they're good mates of mine and they weren't accepting reusables and it literally took me to walk down there and go, hey, buddy, can we have a five minute chat? I'd love to give you some solutions, like, yeah, from a loving place, like I've got some options for you. if you're open to it, if not, I will see you when this is over. <laughs> and they you know? happily changed out. they were really that's right exactly, and it it just came it because it came from a place of love, it came from a place of support, of community, and a solution that's the yeah. point. it's like if if you've got an idea and you're going to question a business and you want to you want them to improve openly state that first be like i love you guys i but the plastic thing like let's 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 work on that together
1: um, well it's so interesting because i yeah. i don't go to my i have a little local cafe close to me and i i used to go there but i don't go there apart from the fact that we're in lockdown and, and so forth but i could go and grab a takeaway i don't go there because they don't allow me to bring my Accept own cup it. so it is a conversation yeah. I've just spoken to you. I'm now going to have this conversation with my local cafe owner. <laughs> and this is how we spread this message out around, yeah. you know, amongst each other's communities. So I think that's fantastic.
0: The, I mean, that's the thing. There's like, you, you know, in hosp- hospitality, there's a coffee shop around every corner, right? Mm-hmm. There's cafes everywhere. So if your local refuse to listen to you and refuse to be open to innovation or a solution, go to the next one. Yeah walk down the street, go to the next one. And that's literally like, I've heard endless stories of people going, but but they refuse to even do free pour and they won't give me the coffee and no matter what I do, okay, cool. So tell them you'll see them when lockdown is over and they start accepting again and you go to their neighbor. And yeah. it sucks, but like, that's the reality of the situation we're in or, or make the coffee at home or enjoy your soul cup at home. Like, exactly. you know, there's like solutions <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, there's, there's a solution for everything. That's the mindset. Mm. And I think, again, what a wonderful example you've set of taking feedback and then doing something amazing with it and finding such an incredible innovative solution
1: yeah it's, it's, it, it is, it's not hard it's not it's, it can be frustrating but it's not hard and complicated and when i think about it i you just actually reminded me when my mom used to have her restaurants like back in the 80s and the 90s she used to charge people extra if they wanted to use <laughs> their take like to use the plastic Love takeaway that. containers but if you brought your own container, she would actually just, you know, put the food straight into it. So business can also, you know, in, like teach customers as well, like what's going to be okay not okay for your. You get to set the rules. It's your business.
0: That's the point. That's the mm. point. You set boundaries. You set rules, examples. You know, for so long, we were giving a discount if you brought your own reusable, you know. So why not do it the other way around? Yeah, we'll charge, charge more. you if you know you as a business have to buy it you have to pay extra for Mm -hmm. this takeaway container well we can charge it out like that's the point um there's yeah it's it's a whole world i mean that's that's a whole deep conversation we can (laughs) we can go down um but i i am so grateful to to chat to you and and get to to hear a little bit more of your story but it like if there's one thing one message, one piece of advice you can leave everyone with, whether it's personal or in hospitality, just something to inspire us with sustainability oh, and plant based Yeah.
1: I think we've covered a lot of it. You know, like we said, ask those questions. That's where you start. Don't be afraid to make changes and support Australian businesses and local homegrown and grow your own, so- your own produce. It's just that one baby step. And from there, you know, hopefully you'll get inspired like I was inspired by so many people around me who have taught me how to live a more environmentally friendly life and sustainable life. And um, and it's not perfect. I think that's probably my best piece of advice I can give today. Don't try and be perfect. It doesn't need to be perfect. Um, we all have ups and downs on these journeys through sustainability, through veganism, whatever it is that is your your path. Um, it's okay. Everything is fine. We will end up where we're meant to be sort of thing.
0: I think that's beautiful. I, that's, that's stunning to end on because that's what it is. Don't be perfect. Just do one thing and do it just really do one thing. well and practice. And if you accidentally do the wrong
1: thing, tomorrow's a new day. Start okay. again. Yeah. Forgive yeah. yourself. You know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Pick yourself up, get back on that wagon and just keep working at it and keep trying. It's exactly. all a journey and we're all heading in that direction. So thank you so That's much for beautiful. having me today.
0: Thank you. Where where can we find you? Give us the little spiel. Where, ah. where can we, where's the restaurant? Where's the Instagram handles? How can we find you just before you run off?
1: Okay, so bodyrestaurant.com.au is the website for the restaurant. It's located in the city in Sydney. So I love having people come in. Always make sure you stop by and say hello. We've got an incredibly friendly team. Follow us on social media and stuff as well and then for me i have a little website um heavenly.com.au where you can sort of see all of my blogs and articles and what we write about um environmentalism lifestyle and um, veganism as well so i hope to see you all there
0: absolutely thank you so much for such a beautiful chat i wish you a beautiful evening and i can't wait to hopefully meet you in person and dine at the restaurant together.
1: (laughs) I will be sending
0: you an invite. Yeah, I will
1: send you an invite. Once we're out of lockdown, come and have yum cha. I will feed you lots and lots of dumplings (laughs) and we'll have a blast.
0: I can't wait. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Bye, beautiful.